two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis. Penis. Hello, musical theater performers. Jenna Cantor here. I want to talk about eating disorders. I am a person who has that in my history. And it's not good. Eating disorders come around for different reasons why we get into it. I'm just going to talk about my story because I only know my story. I don't like to speak for other people because even if my story might be similar, it's never the same per person. Uh, We can bond over certain things, but... No, no, no. You are important. You are not lesser. You are not more than. There's no hierarchy here. I'm just talking about my own struggle. If you relate with it in any way, I hope it helps you get out of your your issues with eating. Or if you're still just mentally recovering from what being in an eating disorder in the past, you're not alone. I'm I'm one of those people. So my eating disorder came about when I was suppressing my history of sexual abuse. I did not know that. I did not know that at the time. I did not know that for for the whole years that I was dealing or developing an eating disorder. So let me go back a little bit, okay? When, and I had, there's no way to go into my eating disorder without going into my sexual abuse because to me, they are completely one and the same. Like it, it's just, it they flowed right into each other if, in my history. So when I, before my bat mitzvah, I was molested and uh, it's very uncomfortable. I'm not going to go into details. It's not my, it's not your business. I'm just going to say that I was molested. And I I forget when the age, when you do your bat mitzvah, 13, 14, but it was like, literally it was a couple months before. And it was uh, somebody who was a family friend and uh, I had a member of my family decide to stay friends with this person, knowing what happened to me. And this was someone very important to me and my family. That is very, very important part. And it's still painful to this day. Okay. And I'm, spe- and I'm making a point to not go into naming names here. No. I don't owe you, I don't owe anyone, okay? I'm just opening up about this to get into the eating disorder and my why because this is a, these are big, big things that happened to me. Then fast forward, 25 years old, in New York, had a crush on a boy. He wanted to have sex with me. I said no, he had been drinking, I had not. I woke up with him inside me. Both times I was abused, I was not drinking, I was not intoxicated, I was completely sober, yeah. Both times I was woken up by it in my sleep. So for me, the boogeyman is real. The boogeyman definitely exists. And the way I sleep at night still to this day is with noise. I have the office on or something and, you know, people will comment and are like, oh, Jenna with noise. I know why I do it. I'm not going to back down from it. It comforts me. There is a level of freak out that happens for me with silence and it's because it's not not only once but twice but twice yeah 
So after the, the actual rape that happened to me at 25 with some guy I liked, oh God, talk about that messing, messing with your mind. Both of the people that it happened with, I had crushes on too. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, let's take advantage of this girl. <laughs> she likes me. Uh, so here I was dealing with it and I suddenly felt like I couldn't be happy. I remember going to a massage therapist to like help it like, cause I had all this tension in my neck. Like I've never had this level of tension before. And he gave me this like blow up baseball bat to like slam onto the ground as, as he dug into my shoulders. And I remember crying, crying, like full out crying. And I didn't know why I thought it was just because of my pain. And then I went with a friend who was in a 12 step program for eating disorders. And when people talk about issues with food, as at me as a cis female, I just really identified with everything up there. And they just seemed happy, like honestly happy. And I said to myself, whatever the hell it is that they're doing to be happy, sign me up, sign me up right now. This, this is for me. And I approached and I ended up being in a, this 12 step program, just like it's run like AA for, for eating disorders. I, I can't, there's like two of them. There's one that's like food addicts, anonymous and food anonymous. Like there's two with very similar names, but they're run slightly different that always kind I understood then, but looking back, I'm just confused by it. But basically in there, I weighed and measured my food. I had sponsor. We talked about food all the time. People talked about their eating disorders. I never had a formal eating disorder, but I said I was about to have one. That was my story. I didn't do it, but I was, I would have, and this saved me. What I didn't realize is what I, while I was in there, I essentially trained myself to have one that I never had, like I trained myself to. Uh, so when, wait, not the so, what's interesting is that all this food stuff was dramatic enough to distract me from dealing with what had actually happened to me, which was I was sexually abused, man. So I'm in this program, weighing, measuring my food, yada, 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 doing the sponsor thing. And then I'm suddenly not able to be abstinent, stick with the food plan that I'm supposed to stick with and everything. I started doing major binge, food binges and doing laxatives. Never did this before, but now I'm doing it because I know how to do it. I've heard people talk about it. It's not nobody's fault, nobody's fault. I'm not blaming at all. It's just, it was my journey. And they, oh, they, they couldn't get me, keep me abstinent. And so I finally go to one of my sponsors who sees this, says, why don't you go to a therapist? See what's going on here. I go, and I want to say it was the first or second. It was, there was a ses sessions. This was uh, with, through Medicaid because I was a performer, poor. And, uh, and I got this therapist. And was, this, this therapist was harsh. And, and I, but I'd never been to a therapist before. And she was more helpful to me than any therapist has ever been. I, I feel like I actually need therapists like this I've ever had. And, and she had the most groundbreaking changes for me because of it. And 
we got to talking about my sexual abuse. And I said, I think that's why all this is happening. And I kid you not for me, right after that, it just, my eating disorder just stopped. It just stopped. And, and my issues with food, though, I still had to like retrain and get back to normal with food. I didn't have to be on that plan. I ended up leaving the 12-step program. I told my sponsor, I was like, I think it's just this. I don't think it's been this this whole time. And my sponsor, he was really great. He said, yep, absolutely. Go do your thing. And yeah, it, it, it was just like a night and day thing. And then, then it was like, okay, now how do we deal with this? How do I, what is the way to handle this, this abuse, this history of abuse? And I've definitely learned it's, it's not linear. You have to deal with it. It comes on and off, you know, the, the effects of what happened to you. It's not like you're suddenly healed and good. You don't need to talk about it ever again, or you won't get haunted by it ever again. Oh no, the, the haunting will come and go. It, it just, it, that's, that's, that's what sucks about it. That's what sucks. It's not like you cry about it and talk to someone and then you're fine. It's just, it's not how it works, unfortunately. I, I tried that, but then I ended up doing this 12-step program and doing other things. Like just talking about it one time with a friend was not the answer. Oh man, this greatly affected my experience in musical theater. I was fortunate to still work during this time, but I remember binging and purging during, I, I showed up late to a costume fitting one time because I was too busy um, purging. I took laxatives uh, and, uh, and, and I remember the costume designer was annoyed with me, rightfully so, but I, I remember wanting to be like, listen, I haven't eaten this, like this is a problem, da, 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 da. but I also was like, I, like and now it's going to sound like bs if i say anything so i didn't say anything because i didn't want my true struggles to be you know if judged um it's just uh that is a hard time if you're a performer who's going through this right now uh, first of all i'm sending so much love your way take it a day at a time as you figure things out for yourself there's not one way to eat a reese's i've learned i can't work with food I, I mean, I, I knew that when I was doing the, when I was doing the 12 step program and unable to stay abstinent anymore, I, I realized that was out for me working with food more than fine with that. And it, it's just, oh man, eating disorders. It's common. It's common in our field. I really, from my own experience alone is a huge reason why I'm very big on everybody is beautiful. Uh, I'm very big on you don't need to be a certain number on the scale to be healthy. Uh, it's just, we got to find out how to put ourselves first and not torture ourselves to live the lives we want to live, to be our happiest, to, to, to care for ourselves mentally. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not an easy topic to talk about. I, I'm a little bit like about making this podcast, but this is me putting it out there. And you know, and I'm saying this just because of the concern is there. It's so deep. If there's anybody out there who wants to troll and say something rude, it's fine. It's an easy block. It's just like, yeah, no, no, thank you. 
No, thank you. And and thank you for identifying yourself so I know to <laughs> who should not be in my life, in my circle, in my world. It's always helpful to just know where to where to put my energy and where to not put my energy. I'm just kind of jib-jabbering now just because I've said so much and I've told this story multiple times and there are days where I can talk about it very almost like I'm just numb as I say it. And I, I and I've prefaced many times going, "Hey, I'm going to be really calm as I say this, but it is actually a really serious thing." Uh, like I have to warn people and protect them from my pains. Oi. Yeah. I've been pacing the whole time I've been doing this talking. It's just nonstop. I, I think this is my way of just handling the stress of even talking about it. Oy. Yeah. There are a lot of mental health hotlines, a lot of places to call to talk about these things. I actually 100% do not put myself first on that list as somebody to call. I am not a professional on this. The chances of me messing up the conversation and potentially triggering you to me is more of a concern than you going, oh, wait, I know Jenna, you know, let me reach out to her. I would be, uh, I would be fearful. What if I said something wrong, you know? that would just be a trigger and we know this in eating disorders and mental health there can be a lot of things that can be triggers so definitely look at, check out the mental health uh, hotlines because this is all part of our mental health and mental health is very important so please take care of you hopefully this was helpful in some way for you to not feel alone or if you're recovering being like oh me too that happened with me as well uh, the part of my sexual abuse in the story is just it's what led me to the issues with food which is why it has to be part of the story every time i talk about it that is it sending love your way please give yourself a little hug or look at yourself in, in the mirror right now and say i love you because you deserve that i deserve that